you know, we recently had some reconstruction work done here. And uh, no, this is not part of the reconstruction work. This is part of today's sermon. So if you're wondering what, what's going on up here, it's done intentionally. But we had some reconstruction work done around here. And you may have seen some of the improvements uh, in our lobbies, and it looks really good. Uh, but while we were working on the air conditioning system, apparently there was some kind of a glitch. And so uh, it set off the fire alarm last week. Uh, but don't worry, we got it fixed, so all is well. But, um, but speaking of construction, uh, you don't have to look very far around us, do we? Right here in uh, Kapolei or in Eva or on the west Oahu, uh, we look right outside our front door and we can see uh, the rail being built. Down the road here, there's that brand new shopping center. Um, what's it called? Uh, Kamakana Ali'i. Brand new shopping center, so uh, get ready to shop there at Macy's and all those other stores. But there's new homes, new businesses, restaurants, parks being built. There's construction taking place all over, all over the west side of Oahu. In fact, they say Kapolei Eva, that's the fastest growing area in the state of Hawaii. There's so much construction going on. You know, and I was just going through some photos the other day, and I just so happened to see some construction photos of the Croc Center being built. And, uh, you know, in, in February, in a couple of months, we'll be uh, celebrating our fourth, our fourth anniversary of the Croc Center. So I just kind of brought back some memories of our time uh, of construction. So you can see this. This is where our Aloha desk is right now. Looks different, doesn't it? And the next one, what's the next slide? Oh, that's an aerial shot. Those are, that's the swimming pool, our adventure cove, before it was actually... Uh, finished and completed. And the next shot, that's a shot of our gymnasium, believe it or not, from this angle. And here's the preschool right in front. The next shot, of course, this is the courtyard area and this is the classrooms before they were built. Pretty interesting, huh? And what do you think this is? Yeah, the slides, without the slides. (laughs) And then uh, what do you think this is? You're sitting in it right here. This is our chapel. It's pretty amazing, huh? And then the, the last photo. That's an aerial shot. And you can see that um, West Oahu, University of Hawaii West Oahu, wasn't built yet. And uh, this road wasn't even open yet, this north-south road, and, uh, while we were constructing. But I recall those days. Um, I don't know if Rick recalls those days as well. When we were quote-unquote, under construction. Uh, And that's the title of today's sermon, under construction. But I remember those days we had to wear hard hats and and safety vests and boots. As I said earlier, that north-south road, this road out here wasn't open, so we we had to come through the farms on the dirt roads to get to our property. And it was really dirty and dusty, and when it rained, it was really muddy. And at times it seemed so chaotic And then there were delays and more delays, and then there were speed bumps along the way, and then there were roadblocks along the way as well. And let me tell you, it was was messy. It was very messy in more ways than one. And as I think about that, I think about our own lives. You know, our lives are kind of like that. Our lives are not always all perfect and neat and nice, and everything seems to work out, and everything seems to fall in place. But many times our lives are messy. Many times our lives are chaotic. 
and it seems like things are unfinished. And I know mine is sometimes. And in spite of all appearances, and contrary to how we may look to others or appear to others, we don't always have our act together, do we? And at times it seems like our whole life, our whole life is one big construction, construction zone, and we should probably wear a sign around our neck that says, danger, construction zone, keep away. You ever feel like that sometimes? That your life is in chaos and it's messy and things just don't seem to work the way you want it to work. Anybody know what this means? Anybody? Nobody wants to guess? It's a lot of letters up there. Well, let me tell you what it is. The next slide. You ever heard this phrase before? Please be patient with me. God is not finished with me yet. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, please be patient with me. God is not finished with me yet. Say it to your husband or your wife. Say it one more time. Please be patient with me. God is not finished with me yet. Okay, guys, you can use that. You can use that. But don't overuse it. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3.12, I do not claim that I have already succeeded or attained it. In other words, he said, I'm not there yet. Be patient with me. Yes, I may be better than what I was, but I'm not yet what I shall be. I'm still a work in progress. I am still under construction. And truthfully, we are all works in progress, aren't we? We are at different levels in the process And our progress is different. However, all of us, no matter who we are, we are all under construction. And it doesn't matter if you're going to school or not going to school or you're learning a new job. I'm not talking about those kinds of things. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. It doesn't matter how long or how short you've been a follower of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you're a visitor or if you're the senior pastor, we are all a work in progress. And for some of us, it takes a bit of humility to admit it, doesn't it? You know the guy or girl who thinks they know it all? They have arrived. No one can tell them what to do. You know those people, right? There's a story of a conceited baseball player. He was a new rookie, and he was pitching his very first game. And he walked the first five batters that he faced. And so the manager took him out of the game. Well, the rookie slammed his glove on the ground, and he yelled, Doggone it! That jerk took me out when I had a no-hitter going. (laughs) Well, you know, we are all a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. What's the definition of progress? It says in the dictionary, it's a movement toward a goal or to a further or higher stage. Progress is growth or development. 
Progress is continuous improvement, the development of an individual or society in a direction considered more beneficial. So as believers and followers of Jesus Christ, what is it? What is it that we are trying to move towards? What do we need to have progress in? Well, the Apostle Paul, he wrote to the church in Ephesus, the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 13. And this is what he says. He says, God's goal, this is what we should be moving towards. God's goal is for us to become mature adults, to be fully grown, measured by the standard of the fullness of Christ. That's a really tall order. God's goal for us, as believers of Jesus Christ, is for us to become like his son, Jesus Christ. Wow. It's what it says right here. By the, measured by the standard of the fullness of Jesus Christ. That's what God's goal for us is. That's what his desire for us is. To become more and more each and every day like his son, Jesus Christ. To become more like Jesus in our devotion to God. Jesus was very devoted to to his heavenly father. He spent much time alone, by himself, in prayer, in meditation, in studying the word. It's our challenge to us. How many of us are faithful in our daily devotions with the Lord? We need to be more like Jesus in our character. And what's our character? It's who we are when no one is looking. That's what character is. And we need to be more and more like Jesus Christ in his character, in our character. We need to be more like Jesus Christ in in his truth and in his honesty, in compassion, in integrity, in humility, our everyday conduct, and our attitude. That is our goal. That is what God desires of all of us. We need to be more and more like Jesus in all of our relationships. And as we study and look at Jesus' life, how did he treat other people? What kind of relationships did he have with them? You see, when the Lord chose to call you and me to salvation, God really made a long-term investment in us. You see, God covenanted within himself, and, and he decided that he would bring you and me to that place where he wants us to be. And makes us into that person that he designed us to be. You see, there's a divine purpose for each and every one of us. God's designed a divine purpose for each and every one of us. And his desires that we fulfill that divine purpose. You see, you and I, we are work under construction. We are a work in progress. And if God is the builder and the designer, then we are his masterpiece. I want us to look at Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. If you have your Bibles, turn to that. 
And this is what Paul writes to the Philippians. Starting with verse 3, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. He's writing to the church in Philippi. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And then verse 6, this is the key verse. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Another translation, the New Living Translation says, and I am certain, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You see, God started this work in us when he saved us. But it doesn't end there. A lot of people think, oh, I accepted the Lord. My sins are forgiven. When I die, I go to heaven. I have eternal life. And that's great and that's wonderful. But there's so much more to the Christian life than that. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life Life abundant. Yes, life eternal, but life abundant right here and right now. So God started the work when he saved us, but that doesn't end there. The best, I believe the best is still yet to come. He wants to continue the good work that he started in us. He wants to continue to shape and to refine our character so that the way we live our lives And the motives and the intentions of our heart are pure and aligned with those of Jesus Christ. God wants so much more for us. As I take a closer look at Philippians 1 verse 6, where it says, Being confident of all this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul says that he's confident about this. Confident means to have full assurance, to not have any doubts, to have no uncertainty. And so Paul here is saying, by saying being confident of this, he's saying, I know, I know that I know that I know. Paul was very confident that God would be faithful in his promise and that he would complete what he started It may seem like it's a long way off, but be encouraged. You will be finished. 1 John 3, verse 2 says, What we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. We shall be like him. With God working in our lives refining us, reshaping us. When that day comes, we can be like Jesus Christ. And then he goes on and he says, he who begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He who begun a good work. Who is the he that he's referring to? Who is the he that will do this good work? It's not me. It's not Major Phil. It's not Major Debbie. It's not the Pope. 
It's not any other man or woman. The he, he is God. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He's the one that made heaven and the earth. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider. He is Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. He is my strong tower. He is the rock of my salvation. He is my joy in time of sorrow. He is my deliverer. He is love, joy, peace, goodness, and mercy. He is joy unspeakable and full of glory. He is the Father. He is the Son. He is the Holy Spirit. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. You see, it is God. It is he that is doing the construction. We are under construction, but it is he that is doing the work. He's the architect. He's the master builder. He's the contractor. He's the plumber. He's the carpenter. He's the master builder. And all we need to do, and this is the key part, all we need to do is allow him to have his way in our lives, to surrender our lives, to surrender our will each and every day to the master builder. In Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 6, the Lord told Jeremiah, and he used this wonderful illustration. He says, as the clay is in the potter's hand, and you've seen pictures of a potter at a spinning wheel, and it spins around, and the, the potter just shapes the clay. He says, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. That's the illustration. We need to be like that clay that allows God, the master builder, to mold us and to shape us into what he wants us to be. And let's be reminded that this God who is in control of everything is a God who loves us and cares for us and he wants the best for us. I want to, I want to show this, uh, this video, and some of you may have seen it before, but it's a very powerful video. It's based on Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And it talks about us being the masterpiece of God, that God is the sculptor and the creator and the master builder. Just watch this and let it minister to your heart this morning. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, that we're, in essence, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't see a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a, a Picasso, you know? But I want to be a masterpiece. I want to be everything that God has created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, God, do whatever it takes to, to get things out of my life that don't need to be there. Mold me into the image of your son so that I can be your masterpiece. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, you just said the person here I am. That's how it works. Oh, okay, okay. Um, if you're God, then make it snow in here. 
You know, if I made it snow in here, it'd get kind of yucky, and I really don't want to do that. See, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. Yes, I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. If you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is a very short book. It only has five chapters. Why is it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Yeah. Uh, if you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? You know what? I'm not so much into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. I gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? <laughs> yep, I do that. Don't I? Get it again. <laughs> Step right up. Here we go. Okay. okay. All right. Hey, yeah. um, what's this about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Here we go. Step okay. right up. Here we go. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. How do you know what to chisel and what to leave? I take out all the things in your life that aren't out of me, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of that, could you chisel right in here? I just can't get rid of it. I mean, the other went away, but this, I mean, I've tried exercising, I've watched what I ate, I even did Pilates for a while, that was awkward. But if you can chisel, right, I mean, right... Can I talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, talk, chisel, No, no, talk, no, no, chisel. chisel. All right, most of my children just like to talk. Not me. Bring on the chisel. Here we go. All right. You have a lot of anger. Ow. Some pride. Ow. Compare yourself to others instead of me. You're lazy, but you pretend like you're really, really busy. You have a problem with lust. Okay, time out. I do not have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Um, maybe, maybe we should take a little time out. I mean, I think I'm doing pretty good. You are doing good, but when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay. Then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and others need to see my son. Here we go. Okay, hold on, hold on. Um, don't take this the wrong way. It's just that when I start looking more like your son, um, people get uncomfortable around me, you know? I mean, even my friends at church, they're all like, oh, you're holier than thou. Why would you do that, you know? I mean, so what you're doing right now is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. I did not say that. That's what you meant. Yes, it is. It's hard to talk to you. I mean, you know everything I'm thinking. I'm just saying, you've done good work. Maybe we take a little break, a little time out, and we'll come back to right. it. What you're doing right now is so common. What you're doing right now is called control. Do you want to control things in your life, or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control. No, no, chisel. Here we go. Yo, can, can we chisel where I want that? It's called control. Okay. You've been holding on to this for a long time. You ready for this? This hurts me more than it hurts you. Ow! I don't think you understand this pain. Don't talk to me about pain. I know all about pain. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again expecting different results and there are the things in your life you even think back to high school that you've been doing that do not work in your life but you go to these empty wells whenever you're hurting whenever you're angry whenever you're lonely and tired but they do not work no no okay okay um i'm thinking maybe your we thoughts could... are not my thoughts oh okay but if we went another way your we ways could... are not my ways okay well look i can't be good you can't be good i've made you good be good Nothing. What is it? You wouldn't understand. 
I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just... God, I've let you down so many times. No. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand, and don't you forget that. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away. All right. But just... Just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because God, I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror. And it is this, this scared little kid who gets up every day and tries to dress like an adult and act like an adult. But I can't. So just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that are not of me. You think you're junk, don't you? You really, really, really think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't make junk. What does that say about me? How can I show you that my love for you has no boundaries? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. God. Yes? I was just saying, God, I'll do that right now. You were just saying my name in vain. You know what? It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's, it's more it's than a name. It's more than a saying. It's more than a bad habit. It's a name above all names. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. You know what that is? This is a page from, from a journal I had when I was younger. How'd you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie Holland. Other side. Sorry. I married her. I was there. Oh, yeah. Dear God, today I am turning everything over to you. I'm not going to hold on to anything anymore. Your word says that you will make me your masterpiece and use me to do great things. I don't see how it's possible, but I want that with all that I am. So please do whatever it takes to make me what you want. I love you, God. I love you too, Tommy. I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. So this salvation that you hold... Don't let it be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And don't compare yourself to someone else because that is just trivial nonsense. You are my original masterpiece. You are one of my workmanship and you I find favor. This, don't look at this as a prison, but look at this as a, a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, it'll be tough. But you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you said yes to me. It's not how it works. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy. No, 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 no. no. The way you see yourself or you yearn so much for others to see you. The way I see you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. So are you. 
God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes as we come to a close. Some powerful truths in that video. Just remember, we have a God who just loves us. Sometimes our minds and our hearts are just filled with all kinds of other messages that have been thrown into us for many years. But we are God's original masterpiece. And yes, our life is under construction. But we are in the hands of a loving God and a beautiful creator and a wonderful Savior.